What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Guy Moment Smack Talk podcast. It's time to talk about Crown Jewel coming up this weekend. We're going to run down the card, give you all the preview stuff that we normally do here, a list of the matches, the predictions on who's going to win, and so on and so forth. I am Tony Mango. I've got with me Robert E. Felice. I'm Clint Howdy, everybody. And I've got Callum Wiggins. Hello there. And I've got some interesting topics to talk about this one which we didn't see come in until we started looking up some stuff so uh we're gonna get into some politics woo and we're gonna get into all the matches that we're talking about and everything like that so we want to know what you have to say about these topics and yeah we uh of course encourage you to drop your thoughts in the comments below if you are over there on youtube then make sure that you do all the good stuff that you normally do for any other youtube channel that you support there's that like button there's a subscribe button ring that little notification bell that way, especially that you get email alerts for when we go live for our pay-per-view point post shows and anything else we do in the future. We've gotten some positive responses back from the idea of maybe doing those mock draft things live. I don't know if we would do that on a regular basis live, but it's something that at least with like maybe the randomizers we might do live. Maybe we'll do the regular mock drafts live, but of course like the pay-per-view cards, that doesn't seem like that's necessarily a live type thing, but you know, we're trying to figure out some ways to make that a little bit more fun for you guys. And if you want to join us for any of those, they typically happen in the afternoons. But if you're able to and you get that little email that says that we're going live or something, if you, you know, maybe you sneak off at work and you put that on or something, then uh, keep that in mind. But also, if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things when it comes to that stuff, we'll be on the lookout for that little join button that's on there on YouTube. And that gives you access to the same tiers as the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash smartoutmoment, you'll see all the lists just the same. You got the Dark Cast, you got the Pick Your Poison tier. Currently thinking that the Dark Cast for this month may or may not be the pay-per-view cards of that mock draft that we did. It's going to kind of depend on some scheduling things. You know, do we have time to do two things or do we only have time for one, etc.? But there's also that little thanks button if you just want to be like, hey, you know, this is kind of like a super chat, but I can't join the super chats. So here's a uh, two bucks. Thanks, guys, for this is a great episode of something. All that stuff is great. And also there are Redbubble and Public designs and merchandise options that you can pick up to, you know, pick up something and actually have a tangible thing to hold when you're getting like some T-shirts or stickers or different phone cases and all sorts of things. Redbubble in particular has like a laundry list of just random products, like types of hats that you can get, or you got, you know, a line dresses that you can take these designs for every once in a while. I get a little thing where instead of just a mug or like a, um, you know, a hoodie or something, I'll get a notice that somebody bought like a doormat or whatever that has like the cheap pop design. And I'm always wondering, like if you're one of those people, I would love to see like the shower curtain hanging up that says smart cow moment. Like take a picture of it and send it to me. Send a tweet or something. I think that'd be great. Maybe with you, you're not necessarily in it, but <laughs> kind of depends. <laughs> so anything like that, of course, is awesome. We want to thank you for all your support in whatever way that it is. And that includes just listening to this episode. So thank you for being here. So Crown Jewel let's get into that with our seven matches that we have currently announced and our segment that we have announced that isn't going to be a match or it could turn into one who knows and in typical fashion i like to start this off with the question of what's missing from the card 
We know, of course, certain people are always going to be missing. You're not going to see Sami Zayn, for instance, pop up on this. And people that are injured are not going to pop up. But there is still room for another match or two to be added to the card. And I'm wondering if uh, you guys have any ideas of what you could see, what you would like to see. You know, do you think that we're going to get something in here? Question marks. What do you think? So I have no real interest to see any matches added to the card unless they're going to give damage control their tag titles back but i would like to see some segments some pre-taped segments of Sami Zayn out and about with jay uso trying to make him more Uzi. since he gave me on the card he's the most over thing on the uh in the company you know i think he should be on this show somehow how do you really do that, though? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, just do some pre-tape segments. Well, I probably still wouldn't want to see it. Remember how they did with like the uh, the women at first, where it's like you couldn't even run a, pr- a promotional video package with the women that uh, were on screen. Yeah, and then Carmelo was drinking water, and people went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, do you think that they are going to add any extra matches to this card? Uh, recent recent track record in terms of the number of matches they're putting on their premium live events or any indication, then no, probably not. There so aren't too many. Typically that... around about six or seven matches nowadays. And I think that they can kind of get away with it if they, you know, they've got a few things on here that, like, that's the draw, essentially. And but, I presume they're less uh, inclined to put Mansoir on this card now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because that is something that's missing from this is this is the first Triple H Saudi Arabia show. And of course, he's going to do some things differently. We, you know, maybe he'll announce that referees have names nowadays <laughs> and certain people will be brought back and certain ideas will be tweaked and characters will be changed and all. But there's no way of knowing if this is his idea or just a happenstance thing, this is the first show that we've gotten that doesn't have a gimmick for it. We had the greatest Royal Rumble, the biggest Battle Royal, the Crown Jewels uh, World Cup tournaments, the it was what there was the the regular uh, World Cup and the um, tag team one, yeah. the two week Mountain Trophy, whatever that thing was, that gauntlet match that was. Like, what was the point of that? Undertaker won that. Yeah, that's at the last second that happened. And then we got the Queen's Crown and the King of the Ring. So there's been something for every one of these. And this one doesn't have it. Because you can't really say, like, uh, Steel Cage. Because it's not, like, the biggest Steel Cage match or, you know, the longest... uh, six woman taggers you know like one of those things they don't have anything for this card and i'm very curious we'll probably almost never know if that was something like triple h said look these gimmicks are stupid nobody really cares for them it's not really drawing anything the saudi arabia audience is going to be there and it's a paid show anyway so if the prince isn't necessarily requesting it then maybe we just don't put our effort into something that doesn't matter because who's really going to be like ah you know i was on the fence about watching this card, but the fact that you said it's the longest gauntlet match and you're going to have 40 people in this gauntlet match, it's kind of face value, you know? 
I mean, this is the second, I think, event without Mansoor. Pretty sure he wasn't on the last one. And that that might have been the first one. But, you know, even the last time we had Elimination Chamber. Nothing on this one. And I don't think that they're going to announce that at the last minute because we already know what happens on SmackDown. So, uh, unless they are planning on some completely random Twitter post that's just like, and by the way, we're throwing a battle royal in there and it's going to be some, you know, everybody that we can possibly get to go there, which is another topic we're going to talk about. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get any kind of gimmick things, but there could potentially be another match added maybe. Though the fact that Monday Night Raw happened and most of the matches that I thought could have been added to the card didn't get added. I think we're at this point where this is probably locked in the way that it is. I mean, they've got, what do they got? The first WWE women's last man standing match? Or last man standing match? That was dumb. Yeah, but um, it's, a, you know, the, the first time ever, technically, but diminishing returns. Yeah, but that's still something special, and you don't need to cram a phony baloney gauntlet on the card if you don't have to. You win the phony baloney trophy. <laughs> Sponsored by Oscar Myers. <laughs> Yeah, but we didn't get like Gargano and the Miz or Loomis or. Are you really upset about that, though? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. But that was, match was wasn't that? added, so the fact that they didn't add that on Raw makes me think that they're probably not going to add it, right? Also, Rob, just to correct you there, um, this is the second WWE Women's uh, Last Man Standing match after Becky and Charlotte Flair at Evolution. Oh, right on, cool. That's that's awesome, and. I'm I'm totally good with that. I thought that's what they were trying to sell this match on, but if it's not, I'm good with that. If it's at least in the Vince McMahon era, they would have tacked on. Well, it's the first last man stand, uh, last woman standing match in Saudi, in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> between these two. <laughs> yeah, no um, advancement in the feud for say. You know, something with Baron Corbin, nothing for Austin Theory here. Edge isn't returning to pop up and just be like, that's one of the draws is Edge is there. There's no, like, uh, you know, they could have added a couple different people on here, but. Sure, they could have shoehorned Goldberg on the card, but I think it's good that they didn't, uh, you know, keep it as basic as possible. Yeah, so that. Is seemingly like the card that we're getting here, and there's some some interesting stuff and some stuff that's really just complete filler and a repeat and crap that yeah we're gonna get into. But one question mark outside of the card, and you know any additions to that is if we're gonna have any subtractions to the card because every time they go to Saudi Arabia, and I'm not too surprised based off of the way that you know the climate is in this kind of region and all. There seems to be an issue, like right beforehand. Right now, uh, today, this is a thing going on. Uh, around like 1 o'clock or so, this was announced. We're recording this around like uh, 3.40. Uh, Saudi Arabia and the United States are on high alert after a warning for an imminent Iranian attack. I don't know too much about it, but intelligence is kind of being announced that something might happen with a... Uh, Tehran wants to distract from local protests. And that's not good, you know, for a multitude of reasons. 
you think that there's going to be anything that comes about from this of people going, you know what, I, I really don't want to go over there. I don't feel safe. And we have like adjustments to the card or the WWE ends up even going like, look, it's not safe for any of us to go. So we're going to pull this and we're going to do something else. Or- um, It's, it's kind of hard to predict and we're kind of not in a good, we're not in the best positions to do it. I wouldn't say kind of, I said definitely. We're yeah. 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 We, yeah, yeah, we are completely out of the loop in terms of being able to predict whether this will happen. I would hope that this stuff doesn't happen at all. That's kind of the ideal scenario. I mean, the ideal scenario is that they stop taking this, uh, this corrupt institution's money and, uh, get out of Saudi Arabia for good, but we're kind of well past that point at this point. So I guess the hope is that they keep tabs on what is happening in the region. And if they, even if there is a hint of a possibility that there could be some, there could be this major attack from Iran on Saudi Arabia and its prominent positions, then they don't risk the well-being of their um, independent contractors. <laughs> I'm glad you used that phrase instead, <laughs> instead of saying uh, their employees or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're obviously we're not political experts in any way, but it doesn't sound good. And hopefully they're able to get in and get out as quickly as possible. And this doesn't cause any major issues for the talent or their families or anyone, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't want to hear about anything like that one time. I forget what show was it was Super Showdown, maybe, where it was the uh, the plane's not allowed to leave for question mark reasons, and <laughs> oh, it's not a big deal. It's just that we might be completely held hostage here and all. Like uh, that that stuff isn't setting a great precedent for that, and I'm surprised that that still is a thing where they're like, I was going to re up this deal and it'll be fine. Water under the bridge. I would look at that and go, you know, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, you say that, but then even more people who then leaked a lot of the information about what happened on that plane are actually now willingly going back to Saudi Arabia as part of this show. So, so, you know, money talks. It's It's all about money. Everybody's got a price. (laughs) Why is people said that? I mean, it's, you know, it's concerning. And I, I feel like some of the people that may have leaked that may be people that aren't with the company anymore. But I do also think that Gallows and Anderson were on that plane or were on that plane. So there, there you go. But as of right now, this is from the Wall Street Journal. It says, Saudi officials said Iran is poised to carry out attacks on both the kingdom and Erbil. Iraq, an herbal Iraq in an attempt to distract attention from domestic protests that have roiled the country since September. The White House National Security Council said it was concerned about the warnings and ready to respond if Iran actually carried out an attack. Can we go one day without another crisis? <laughs> uh, when they say they're prepared, they're not planning on actually sending the superstars in to battle are they i mean who's stronger than ww superstars they're gonna do a a, tribute to the troops type thing where it's like (laughs) surprise surprise actually the people that we're sending aren't like ridge holland and 
uh, so on and so forth. It's actually John Cena, Hulk Hogan, the Patriot. <laughs> oh, you don't need any of those people. You have the monster of all monsters <laughs> booked on this show. I, I will. I will say, like, I hope that that it definitely isn't the plan. But if it was, I think it's about time we put Hulk Hogan back on some of these shows. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's going to be... If anybody's going to save us from Iran, isn't it Hulk Hogan? If it's not him, it's Mr. America. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Well, when it all comes crashing down and it hurts inside, then we'll find out what happens. But let's talk about this card itself. I've just mentioned one of these names. Rich Holland and Butch are going to be going against the Usos for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. This was potentially seemingly in the mix of like, hey, you know, maybe we could do like a six man tag, get Solo Sokoa in there. But Seamus got married recently. So congrats to Seamus for that. That's awesome. And uh, that takes him out of it. So it's just a standard tag team championship match instead, which I feel is less interesting. I think if you would have had the belts on the line and Solo Sokoa is involved and they do that kind of rare thing where it's a six man tag, but the titles are on the line. That would have been, you know, more interesting in my book, but this match will be fine. Maybe good. I don't know. Kind of depends more. So good when budgets in the ring. Cause he's better. Yeah. Three out of four of these wrestlers are at the top of their game. So yeah, it should be all right. And I don't expect the title to change hands whatsoever. Well, no, I mean, what <laughs> we, we're inside of, a week and a half until they break the record. Really? That close? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I like the idea well, they have the record. Well, interesting note. I mean, Demolition holds the record for the now retired Tag Team Championship. New Day technically holds the record for the Raw Tag Team Championship, which they will keep. And the Usos have already broken the SmackDown record, but this will just you know, usurp all tag team title reigns ever because they've been SmackDown champions for almost 500 days. Mm. This this place needs a tag division. Yeah. At some point, at some point they have to just realize and just go, yeah, we probably, you know, actually need a division here that's not just the Usos and the Nudo. Um, but, I mean, this match will be fine. That these are two decent teams. I, I think Ridge Holland is clearly the weakest in ring performer out of all of them, but he's he's competent, which is great. The Usos are great. They'll probably have a, a good match that they'll be going at about 50% because it's Saudi Arabia. And, yeah, the Usos will win, so there's very little jeopardy involved in it. So it's kind of hey-ho, really. I'm looking up the tag team title reigns and everything in WWE right now, trying to get like a sense of some of these other ones that had at least come somewhat close or, yeah, maybe they had like, like, uh, you know, somebody uh, individuals and and all that. And some of this information I was not actually anticipating. Guess who has the longest, like one person combined tag team title reign. Kofi. Yeah, Kofi, I'd imagine. No, funny enough, he doesn't. So, huh. if you look under, like, the uh, the SmackDown things, like, uh, Kofi and New Day and all that, like, you know, you were talking about the Usos and all. Um, Kofi's got 910 
but potentially 912. It's kind of like 910 recognized by WWE. So, you know, 910, 912 for Kofi on the Raw tag team title side. And uh, it's actually Mr. Fuji has 932 days. I guess I can see that, but I just wasn't expecting to go that far back. Yeah, very. it's very different time back then, you know, that you were having year-long plus runs in the regular. Close to him is Billy Gunn, 916, just slightly above uh, Kofi. Yeah, yeah, Billy Gunn makes sense. Like, you want someone who's had multiple partners or multiple long-term mm. tag team runs. So, yeah, you'd look at him, maybe look at someone like... Like Edge has had multiple ones, I imagine, so he's probably high up there. But then again, a lot of his reigns with Christian were very, very short, so. Yeah, Edge is... Wow, Edge is actually a lot lower than I thought. Well, a lot of his tag title reigns yeah. were very, very short. Like, his reign with Mysterio was about two weeks. His reign with Hulk Hogan was two weeks. He, uh, all his ones with Christian are usually pretty short because they usually got ended by the Dudleys and the Hardys really pretty quickly soon afterwards. He's only at 385. Mm. Yeah, Whereas, like, uh, when he's running with Jericho, ended after a couple of weeks because he got injured. So, yeah, Big Show's right above him, three ninety one. Kane, three ninety three. You got people like Sika at four thirty one, of course. And you know, older time frames stretch longer. And Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Tony Gurria, Johnny Valiant. Yeah, this uh, this era of the tag teams is still kind of up in the air i don't know what they're going to do with like continuing the two different titles merging them they don't seem to want to make any kind of real commitment one way or another they just they want to keep it as one championship that is two separate title reigns <laughs> and uh, i'm really waiting for that to just either officially merge or to officially split but i don't think we're going to get that until after mania so the usos are currently at what 800 and uh let's see 844 days right now so that is probably not gonna ever get broken looking at the list of other smackdown tag team champions <laughs> lois being the business uh shane mcmahon 21 days but they're at least going to keep it a little bit longer because i don't see any way that the brawling brutes will end up winning these titles right now and if they do right. it's going to be just for the hey they won the titles and then they lose them back you know but why do that yeah and like we've said for a long time now it's not until mania we're not seeing the belts leave roman and we're not seeing the belts leave usos most likely yeah so we're all going brawling brutes on that front let's go to another title that could be up in the air Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to have the same opinion about it of I don't think it's worth changing just to potentially change it back, which is Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bayley in a last women's standing match. I know a lot of people, actually, it seems, are approaching this as, oh, Bayley's going to win now. I don't really necessarily feel that way. I think that if they do that, it would be just for the sake of having a title change and then Bianca just wins it back. And I don't ever really like that for the most part. I think this is kind of more so Bianca should beat Bailey and then this should all end at war games. And then we completely move on at that point. Bailey has to win. She has to win. Like, otherwise what the fuck are you going into war games for? Like she's lost. They're losers. 
They keep losing. <laughs> Bailey has to win. And I know I said that last month, and I'm saying it again. <laughs> she has to win. Yeah, this whole feud is a is a mess. It's just it's really really bad booking because they why what why are damage control together? <laughs> like, do we know why 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 Bailey why 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 is like <laughs> yeah why why are Bianca and Alexa and Asuka are all buddy buddy together. Like, why is that the the other group against them? What do they do, or what is the actual? I don't know motivations or the camaraderie or the story outside of uh, three women beating up each other every single week, or six, or six women, two pairs of threes beating each other up every single week. We've already seen that Bianca Belair can be up all three of them at once on her own mm-hmm. and still retain the championship. Mm-hmm. So adding a last man, a last woman standing stipulation where the, you know, another stipulation match where all of them can get involved. Only this time they've made the promise that Alexa and Asuka can come and help out as well. So even the odds are even more even than they were at Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. And so th- there is very, very little interest in this from my part of things because even though the matches are good and they traditionally have good matches and baby's great and bianca's great and so i'm sure the match itself in a vacuum will be fun Mm -hmm. i just don't care there's no substance to it yeah yeah it's completely vacuous empty and boring which pretty much makes up 99 percent of triple h's booking (laughs) i think that and i said this last month when she won i think they're running the risk of Bianca becoming like a John Cena type. I think it's going to get to a point where people feel like, fuck, she can't lose except for... In non-title tag team matches where she doesn't get pinned or something. Right, just an excuse to either help her lose so she can win the title back or... Well, she's in a tag match, so she's not really losing anything. And look, it's great. Sometimes you do need to smash people over like that. But at the same time, you're running that risk of, oh, no, people are going to get really sick of her really quickly. I mean, there was there's absolutely no problem with Bianca having a long title run and being a dominant champion. Just want her to have stories. Don't want it to just be a case of, okay, this is the challenger we fight for a couple of months and then it's over and you don't, she hasn't, I don't think she's progressed as a character or evolved since the feud with Becky ended. At least with Becky, she had a, she had a rival alongside her that was kind of, they they were very interconnected and they were doing a lot of stuff together and playing off each other very well. Whereas now that she's moved on from that and Becky's no longer in the picture, she's now just, you know, Pay, not not say like it's just the standard babyface champion fighting heel challenger. No, yeah, no substance, nothing different, nothing unique, not even anything that's even vaguely like not even the bare minimum of character development or uh, real like what the seeds of the conflict, other than the fact that Bailey showed up and started attacking, and so Bianca had to respond like. Sometimes you have matches like that, but you shouldn't be do. You shouldn't have that. Shouldn't be the basis of a two to three month 
feud over the women's championship. I had thought before that, like, I think that this is kind of one of the biggest issues that's going on right now is that none of this whole lineup of pay-per-views really felt like it needed to be a lineup of pay-per-views where it's like, okay, this is a holdover thing. And if you could merge like extreme rules and crown jewel and survivor series into only two pay-per-views over a little bit of a less of a stretch of time, I think that they would have been stronger cards. And I think that this match is kind of indicative of that because maybe they would have gone with like Bailey wins the title at extreme rules. And then they have like the war games match and then Bianca wins back. Or maybe it's like not having this extra match makes that a little bit easier because it's kind of, you can do the extreme rules match and then you do the war games match and that's the end of it. I think like, I ultimately think Bianca Belair is going into WrestleMania as champion, not Bailey. So if they do, change the titles it'll be just to try to give something to war games and then bianca just wins it back and then it ends up being like all right well that was kind of pointless it's just to check another thing off the uh you know bailey gets another title win bianca gets another title win and you're essentially using the championship as a prop just for the one War games match to go. Ah, see, because Bailey's got that belt now. And it's more almost more reactive than it is actually booking anything. It's just look, we need to put the belt on Bailey because this has no more fumes to run at it from anymore. It's their fault for being in that position. They could have gone with any number of other things. Like maybe they pulled the trigger on the Nikki Cross thing a little bit earlier. And maybe instead of it's being Bianca and Bailey over and over and over again. Maybe Nikki Cross gets brought into damage control and she starts making some waves and then it's Bianca against Nikki here. And that's in a last woman standing match because that's kind of like, all right, she's crazy and who knows what she would do. And it's somebody else challenging for the title and it's in jeopardy now. Kind of I mean, at the end of the day for me, I just feel like there's nothing necessarily wrong with Bianca dropping it quickly and getting it back at the Royal Rumble. These are the kinds of things that they did all the time in the Attitude Era, but I, I just feel like they, if they don't have her win here, it's just going to feel like, okay, so Bailey's back to not being able to win. And it is what it is because we're just going to carry on with Bianca. I'm going to stick to my guns and say that Bianca still retains here, but there's a part of me that thinks maybe there's something that they have in mind. Like maybe they are planning on doing like, I mean, it kind of depends because this is a Saudi Arabian show. So, you know, the women are very much on, this kind of, you have to have everything covered and, you know, maybe there's not necessarily too many women that appear and all that. So that might be a factor too, but maybe they plan on having Bailey backed up by damage control and Nikki. And then you got Bianca and Alexa and Asuka, but at the same time, that's not an even playing field. Maybe even somebody like Rhea will pop up and 
kind of be like, okay, now that's one extra person and she's holding back Bianca. She costs her the title. Bailey wins that back. We do the whole war games thing set up at this point. I don't know. I, I, I could see a scenario where Bailey wins the belt. I just don't think that giving Bailey the championship mostly for the sake of war games. Cause I really can't see her holding that title going into mania. It's not the type of booking strategy that I would do. So I'm at least holding out some hope that they won't do that. Lost the belt, picked it back up kind of booking philosophy. Unless they're thinking, you know, hey, let's go with Bailey Charlotte at Mania. I don't think Bailey and Charlotte makes as much sense as Becky. Uh, Bianca and Charlotte. I'm so used to saying Becky and Charlotte. Did I say, did I say Bailey, Bailey, Charlotte? I meant Bailey, Becky. Because Bailey did just do an interview where she was like, you know, I've never actually feuded with Becky. So that's something I'd like to do. I'm going Bianca retaining here. But if I'm wrong, I'm not shocked. <laughs> if you have to pick, who are you going with? I'm going Bailey. Uh, hoping Bianca. that they do that. Bianca retains on, I think, just because I just don't see them changing the title on a Saudi show. Just like on, on principle? Um, no, I just think that Bianca's more over than Bailey is on, in Saudi Arabia, so they'll just have her win. Oh, hmm. uh, this is not a match on the car, but it's a, an advertised segment. Bray Wyatt will be there, which I don't want to be that guy, but if I got to be that guy, I'll, I'll, I'll be that guy. I'll be that guy. If you want, if you don't want to be that guy, who the fuck cares? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, kind of annoying that they're doing it, the same thing again, right? I gave them three fucking weeks. I gave them three weeks because they've they've run out of they run out of chances. They they've basically they burnt through the goodwill of saying like, oh, we need to slowly build this up with Bray Wyatt. Who the fuck is this guy in this really stupid, ugly mask that doesn't even look good? Like it's meant to look like some sort of human thing, but it just isn't. Just this creepy. I'm sick of the creepy hammer horror bullshit. <laughs> doesn't do anything for me. Um, and if if you do like it and you do enjoy all the Bray Wyatt creepy pasta bullshit, then you're more than welcome to. You're more than welcome to it. But I'm done. I'm done with this already. Can't win me back. I don't care what Bray Wyatt has to say on this show. Offshoot tangent. If you had to pick, what's the creepiest pasta? Um, Talking like fusilli or. <laughs> Drop a comment below. What's the creepiest pasta? You a uh, little bit? It's spaghetti. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Amazing. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of what is happening here. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I want to hear even more puns. Somebody's got something when it comes to like tortellini or manicotti or something. I want to hear them in the comments. Tortellini. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm I'm mad at myself that I can't think of any right now. Uh, so, not to be that guy as well, but yeah, this uh, the promos are fine, but at this point, I'd be more interested if this was going to lead to a movie. I I have no idea how you get this 
in a wrestling ring. I have no idea how you tie it all together. I think we're at a point where Bray Wyatt, the lore of Bray Wyatt is casting too much of a shadow over what will actually be delivered. And I'm like already really over the promos and also concerned at where you go from here. Cause how do you get this in a ring? How do you do any of this? And I really think, and both of you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think if you just gave people like normal Bray Wyatt at this point, they'd have been good with it. I think people just want to see the guy Bray Wyatt, like Bray Wyatt do, you know, a little bit of stuff. Cause he's got the lantern. He always has, but I don't think we need the lore of the funhouse and all this. Other stuff. It's very creative and they're trying their asses off. I'm not saying that it's like, a complete dud. I'm just saying it's nothing that I want to see end in a wrestling ring and a wrestling match at some point right now. The, the, I don't, I don't think that the majority of people that are interested in Bray Wyatt think, think like that. I think they do like the spooky bullshit and they like the, I don't say meandering promos, but they like the sense of, mystery and intrigue that those segments kind of inspire in people i'm just saying from a personal standpoint i'm completely over it and it's just it does absolutely nothing for me and like literally at the moment the only thing that really again we're just going to come across in a lot of the segments here the only thing that actually interests me at all in WWE right now is the bloodline segments because sammy's own is great he's and so that's good. Quite, <laughs> Yeah, and that like you can like I would literally watch an entire episode of SmackDown just of those segments and just hook it up, and it's just that's like one of the best things going in wrestling right now. But everything else is either boring or stuff like this where I'm just yeah, it's you had your opportunity to say okay, show me you're going to do something different with Bray Wyatt or make it interesting straight away or give me an immediate hook to you know then I can. Say, so, okay, I'm interested in what you're doing. Now you can maybe sp- spread it out a little bit more and spread it a bit further. But you haven't given me that instant hook other than the fact that he's here now. And yeah, and I'm Which, not, I'm that's not... a character that's always announced, I'm here. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, all right, that's something yeah. different. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm not impressed with the guy in the silly mask. So either guy in the silly mask, because now he's got a silly mask and now there's another guy with a silly mask as well. So I'm not interested in either of them. So do you think that. What do you think, if you had to say right now, the end goal to this is? Is he supposed to, is Uncle Howdy supposed to be another internal fiend, or is this another guy? I don't, I don't. I know you don't care. <laughs> I know, so, I know. So it's hard for me to like come up with a rationalization for it. Because fundamentally, the thing about Bray Wyatt, which makes him both intriguing and infuriating is the fact that he could come up with any bullshit in his head that he thinks is going to be really cool and interesting and dynamic and we'll just have to go go on with it and at the end of the day it might be cool and interesting and might be something that's completely avant-garde and new and different or it might just be more spooky bullshit and either way i don't i don't want to think about it anymore i just want him away (laughs) and i'm happy 
and this is just the absolute affirmation of the fact of thank fuck he didn't end up in AEW. <laughs> Creepolini, by the way, so did Capolini. Thought I won. So this is something that I've said in the past, and I think that it bears repeating when it comes to why I crap on the Bray Wyatt thing, and people go, "Why well, you like Undertaker so much?" And it's like, "Yeah, but there's a difference." It's you know the same way that it's like, "Hey, I'm crapping on Black Adam sucked, but I love other superhero movies because there's a difference in quality." I think the big differentiating factor between those two types of characters is Undertaker would cut a promo about somebody and what he's going to do and it would lead to something whereas Bray Wyatt's promos are about concepts that have nothing to do with anything (laughs) it's essentially like he's doing slam poetry kind of and if you look at like his return they had something interesting with the fact that he's coming back and they've got all the, you know, the other characters are like, they're kind of people now. And I've been very adamant that I don't think that there should be anybody wrestling underneath those masks and being like a stable. Cause I think that it's multiple levels of that's not going to work, but that was kind of like, okay, that's, that's an interesting twist, but where does it lead? And the question's not had an answer yet because I don't think it necessarily has an answer. I think that they are doing a lot of things for the sake of wouldn't it be interesting if, and you don't need to really do that. If they would have had at any point of these few weeks, any indication to anybody that's feuding with Bray Wyatt, then you can start to unpack those elements and go, Okay, so he's calling out uh, who's on the roster right now that would make sense for this. He's mostly a SmackDown star, so if you limit it to that, and, you know, he's against, uh, I don't know, fucking Shanky. (laughs) So that wouldn't make any sense, but still, I'll just go with the name. And he starts talking about all these cryptic things about Shanky. Then you can be like, Oh, okay. So he's going after him, and this is the reason why, and where is this going to lead, and you know, whatever. But he's talking about himself, and you, you can't have somebody feud with themselves because this isn't a circle of like talking about your depression and your feelings and all. It's a pro wrestling thing. You have to have an opponent, you know, to quote Stan Hans. <laughs> and I like the idea of him against a few people that we haven't gotten yet. Like we could get a Bray Wyatt versus Karrion Cross feud, and maybe they go more into the Karrion Cross darker stuff, but we're not. And we can get Bray Wyatt against Roman Reigns if he can do something with it. But he's just going out and going like, "Hey, it's great to be here." And then Uncle Howdy goes, "Huh." Fuck you, I'm Uncle Howdy. And then that's the end of it. So the only way that makes sense to me is if it's Uncle Howdy versus Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy is somebody else. The only person that makes sense for that to me is Bo Dallas, which it's weird that his brother's playing his uncle. But if they go with that, then you're still dragging your ass because maybe at this show... Uncle Howdy comes out and you've got Uncle Howdy standing in the ring and Bray Wyatt standing in the ring. And the whole hook is supposed to be, aha, see, it's not Bray Wyatt. It is a different person. And that's why he keeps popping up at the same time. 
now we're going to show the re-footage of that again on Raw. Now we're going to show the footage again on SmackDown. And on SmackDown, he'll cut a promo about how the thing happened. And then it's like, okay, you, four or five fucking weeks. Can they attack each other? Can they do something? Can this That's the issue. That's the issue right there. It's, it's the fact that, okay, look, in fairness to Wyatt, it's only been three weeks, right? But it's the idea that they keep replaying the full segment on Raw. And then you got to see it again. And it's, oh, my God, what is this? Now, we haven't even gotten into, like, okay, what does he actually say here? Maybe this is where they have Uncle Howdy show up in a ring so you can just get to the point where they're different people. So then you at least know there's a match coming. But if it is just the internal demon of Bray Wyatt coming out again, then what do you do with that? He can't have a match with himself. (laughs) Right. Like, he needs... They need to have it be a different person and not even just like, okay, there's a different, it's a different body, but he's having a match with himself. No, it needs to be a fully different person. Um, as far as the content for crown jewel, I would assume that he's got to have some kind of PTSD moment that last time he was in Saudi, he fiend lost to Goldberg and everything went to shit. Yeah, I mean, they could go in that way. And that could be, like, even incorporated with the Uncle Howdy thing. Like Maybe Bray Wyatt comes out, says, it's nice to be here. You know, last time I didn't have a really good time when I was in Saudi Arabia. Goldberg kind of kicked my ass and whatever, but I'm trying to make myself better and I, you know, whatever. And then, like, the lights go out and they do all that kind of, you know, hokey uh, type stuff. And then you get, like, the red lights come back on and now cloudy's there and you know he's like again probably like fuck you you killed the world or whatever he keeps saying but uh that'd be great if that's what it is it's like yeah fuck you and such (laughs) but it has to be something like they have to fight you know if we're gonna get fake undertaker versus uh undertaker from SummerSlam, or we're gonna get fake kane versus kane and just apply that to the bray wyatt thing it has to be a match it can't be an inner struggle because that's a fucking movie. And yeah, Jurassic Man thinks that you're making movies. It's not the same thing. I don't want the Century and the Void in pro wrestling terms for anybody that follows Marvel and they know those characters. That's the only thing I can hope for at this point. But if I'm going with what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be the exact same shit that we've been seeing. Bray Wyatt talks. Uncle Howdy pops up on the screen. The lights go out and that's the end of it. And nothing gets accomplished. And we're back to the, okay, Ray Wyatt, come on, <laughs> you know, let's get to it. That's my goal. That was all of my goals. <laughs> so that's a segment that's announced. Nothing on the tapings for a SmackDown has spoiled anything from that. Maybe they have like a pre-tape thing that they're going to air or whatever, but Mostly SmackDown was just sort of like, hey, that's that Rey Mysterio match we were talking about and so on and so forth. But um, let's move to another one of these matches here. This is uh, Giant versus Giant, Omas against Braun Strowman. And I'm trying to think of another time that there were two people as big as these two against each other. 
because um, they did Kali versus Big Show. That's the only other one that I can imagine because the uh, you know the height that these two are at. There's not many people that match up to that. Big Show and Kali or you know then Giant Gonzalez are the only ones that I can really really think of. I mean Commander Aziz technically too, but he's never really gone up against anybody except for Omos and. The level that, you know, Braun Strowman is a former Universal Champion and Amos has been Amos. like relatively booked strong. He's had his weaker moments, but the fact that we haven't seen it before makes me go, hey, look, it might be a train wreck. But we haven't seen it before and it's two giants, so I'm interested. I think it's funny that we couldn't get you on board with Bobby Lashley versus Omos at WrestleMania, but you're on board with this. I just you, know, to- you know why? And this is as baseline as it can be. Because they're big. Braun Strowman's bigger. <laughs> you are you are the definitive WWE fan. Um, this match is fine. They're doing it in the perfect setting. I think doing it in Saudi works. It's going to be a lot of oohs and ahs. And I think, sadly, I think Strowman wins. And where do you go with Omos? Nowhere, you know? And uh, two, like one slightly decent and one crappy big guy wrestler are going to have a somewhere range in between a halfway decent and utterly terrible wrestling match. <laughs> and I have no interest in seeing it. What do you think so, the spot is of the match? Um, Shorter block. I, I think- <laughs> What if that's all it I, is? I, it's just the I, I, series I, I, of shoulder blocks. It'll, it'll probably be the shooting star press. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think. Uh, well, the the spot is that they're both gonna, you know, step up to each other for a while, and then they're gonna run at each other with shoulder blocks, and they're both gonna stand there for a little while, and then one of them's gonna knock the, the other one down with a shoulder block, and everyone's gonna go crazy, and then you know they're gonna do really plodding wrestling moves and holds for three minutes or so and then almost is going to find his way on the outside of the ring and Braun Strowman's going to run at him because that's all that Braun Strowman <laughs> does is run at people and then eventually Omos is going to hit a big slam and Braun Strowman will kick out and then Braun Strowman will hit a big slam and Omos will be pinned and then it's over you know that's probably almost exactly how this is going to play out <laughs> I'll take you one, one more Omos, the, the one who's going to do the the knockdown Omos is going to knock down Strowman with the mm feats of shoulder block strength so that way when Strowman does the run around the ring that's when he knocks Omos down and they go oh, okay now it's an yeah. even thing. <laughs> and then I wish they were still using the train sound because then you could say he got ahead of steam and you could do the chugga chugga <laughs> I mean I tell you, you're saying like we've never seen this match before I feel like I've seen this match a million times over just with slightly different big men oh that's true uh, no denying <laughs> so, that yeah so it doesn't appeal to me that I'm just it's just two different big men that I'm seeing fight. It's like I'm I'm done with giant. I mean, some people really like giant versus giant, and at the end of the day, if you do, then more power to you. It's not for me, and so this match is not for me either. That's like, that's why I said I think they're doing it at the right show because oh yeah, this is definitely this definitely appeals to an audience that likes this larger than life atmosphere. And I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, there are a huge number of people that just like to see giants collide. Mm-hmm. And 
And so it has an appeal. So I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing this match. They're just saying that if they wanted to appeal an audience of me, then they failed at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're more on the Kurt Angle side, this is not the match for you. <laughs> no, I, I imagine that they are going to do something like, because they the last time, it's not really Big Show and Carly, but Strowman versus Big Show is the last kind of real giant versus giant thing they did. Although they did do, um, they did Omos uh, Commander Aziz, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, so they've done that, which was bad. So, but Strowman versus Big Show, they did do things where Strowman nips up and stuff like that. So I'm sure I, what I kind of just want out of this, just for my own perverse pleasure, is them to do that Big Show Kane match where they decided to do uh, kip ups and blow overs <laughs> Kick, and uh, drop kicks and drags for, for, for like seven minutes. If they did that, then I'm just like, okay, they probably, they'll still probably be crap, but at least it was entertaining crap. I've got an idea of how this can work better. Can Bob Hart the belt? Yeah, I mean, that's going to work too. Uh, you take more than these two big guys <laughs> and you put them in a big buffet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move us along here because for a show that we all don't really seem all that enthused about, we are spending a lot of time on it. Uh, Braun Strowman wins all the way around, right? <laughs> I'm going Strowman as well. I hope that that's the case because I can see more in them doing like Braun Strowman against Karrion Cross and Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt or whoever they want to go with next. I hope that's not the case. I want Braun Strowman to be in a better position than Amos because I think Amos is kind of just petering out. Yeah, I'll go Strowman. He's got the more name value attached to him and he at least has a track record of being able to perform well in main event matches with other people, whereas Omos has basically a zero track record. If you if you can't have a good match with AJ Styles, you're literally up shit's creek without a paddle. So so yeah, I think that uh Strowman should get the victory. Now there's your gimmick for that up shit's creek without a paddle match and you have to find the paddle and you win. And that's the that's the evolution of the swamp match. That's <laughs> yeah. where he's that's been this whole time. The the Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in the Shits Creek find the paddle for the Shits Creek match. <laughs> you go on Google Maps and you're like, where is that wide swamp and the compound? And ah, it's right next to Shits Creek. Uh, they fight in Shits Creek in a uh, paddle on a pole match. Just real quick, uh, breaking news. They did, in fact, add the women's tag team title rematch to this card. Okay. Did that just get announced? I that went up that on Fightful then. six minutes ago. Huh. I'll double check Twitter just to be safe, but I assume. Um, I they mean, announced it around four thirteen. I mean, fight, fight for fair trust, whatever you right, yeah. Rob? Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, that is kind of like uh, all right. If you're gonna add something to there, you're not really enticing me all that much. Like, if the belts change hands again, it's just ah, gotcha, another one of those you know, hot potatoes. And if they don't, well, then why am I watching the rematch for Monday Night Raw? Yeah, they announced it yeah, 31 minutes ago from WWE's uh, Twitter, so WWE.com. Um, I guess I figure yeah. if they're going to be there to have the whole, like, brawl. Well, Alexa's well super over in Saudi Arabia as well. Like, she she was, like, the, the biggest star in that, um, the match at Elimination Chamber they had. So, so I think that, yeah, I mean, I mean really, who cares? 
<laughs> I know it's kind of my terminology throughout the entire thing, but it doesn't really matter who's holding the titles because if it's all leading to um, if it's all leading to war games anyway, it doesn't really matter which one of the two teams is holding the tag titles at any point. They yeah, could trade titles every single a... week. Yeah, they could trade titles every single week between now and uh, war games. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Shout out to Oscar for being the first woman to have three title reigns with three different partners, by the way. Oh, yeah. Kyrie and Charlotte. Alexa. Yeah. yeah, Alexa's a free time champion now as well. So. Hmm. It's almost like those belts uh, still are kind of pointless, huh? They're not doing all that great. <laughs> for anybody who says that uh you know the triple h regime doesn't get any kind of flack or, or something that same criticism if it sucks it sucks good things are good bad things are bad and uh that's not something that i think is going to be a game changer i don't think anybody that's been on the fence about watching crown jewel is now going to look at this women's tag team title match and go yeah you sold me okay now that's the that's the difference maker but i have more women on the card that's a victory i guess so. I'm glad I announced it while we were still here. Yeah, instead of waiting until 20 minutes ago, uh, later from we're done. Um, I'm going to go with the... You know what? No, I'm going to go with the belts changing hands. Yeah, I'm going with damage control leaves Saudi Arabia with the titles. Yeah, I could I could see them doing that to counterbalance the Bianca Belair thing. Maybe they could do some sort... That, that match should happen before the the raw women's title match and then you just have all six women brawl because that's all they do so hmm. i'll have to add that all across the board i hate when they do that <laughs> i gotta be like ah, i gotta add like nine predictions things now but yeah whatever we got a steel cage match here drew mcintyre against carrying cross normally the steel cage is supposed to be there to keep somebody out from interfering like how scarlet interfered at the extreme rules event and Normally, that ends up being like more of a detriment because then they spend so much time worried about how the person's trying to get in, and then the person's able to capitalize, and then they do something anyway. And you know, they climb over the cage, or the cage door just happens to be open, and then they can come through or whatever. But I actually think that right now, I'm leaning more towards Drew McIntyre winning. I think that. At the very least, it makes sense to me to have him win so that way he can be one of the stronger people that can lead into that War Games match. But if he's not involved in that, then maybe they just go with Karrion Cross for the sake of getting some strong victories over McIntyre and kind of reestablishing himself. I, I don't know. I'm going McIntyre, and this is kind of... It'd be fine. Nothing special. Uh, I... I fine is probably an overstatement like their match at extreme rules was so dull it was so like milk toast like as vanilla as it gets this and i know that drew mcintyre can have great matches so it all and it has been the case for a while it all seems to boil down to the fact that carrying cross is not he's not very good he's not very good in the ring like he has a presence about him and he has a look about him which makes you feel like he should be a lot better than he is he should be pushed towards main event and then he does these matches and they just there's absolutely nothing to them and i imagine that this will be pretty much the same way it'll be two big guys throwing each other around a cage for a little while and if they have any sense they should just have drew mcintyre win and move on 
really. Because it just... I've, there is a place for Karrion Cross, and I'm sure there are other people he can feud with. He's just not on McIntyre's level as a, um, like someone who can both have the presence and the look of a main eventer and then also deliver in terms of quality matches and promos. Cross just isn't that, as much as Triple H seemingly wants him to be. So I I would have Drew McIntyre win, and I hope that's the decision they take, because that'll be my prediction. If the Neville level is 77, what is the Drew McIntyre level? Um, I, 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 like high what, 80s. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably high 80s. Yeah, it's probably uh, <laughs> high 80s, I'd say. I'd say he could be bordering on 90. Cross is down in the, I'd say, 50s. For anybody who's wondering, uh, one of the reasons why I've, I mean, I tend not to do superstar scores for people that are still active because they can like add or detract from things. But if we ever do a pack slash Neville superstar scores, it's just going to be 77. We're not going to fucking go and avoid the joke. It's just going to be, how do we balance out to 77 on that one? So. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, Rob? You got a cross, you got McIntyre. Who do you think's winning? I think if McIntyre wins, you got to do another match because they'll be even Steven. And then I don't really have an interest in seeing a third match. This is a nice gimmick match for Saudi Arabia. This crowd's going to love it. Uh, McIntyre should win because babyfaces should win big matches like this. I do think McIntyre will move on because I think McIntyre will focus all of his energy on war games. And cross will not be in war games there are still a handful of people that could be on either of these war games teams the only one being out of the four that we're going to get the bloodline's pretty much just i guess bloodline but like there's the damage control and nikki and question for maybe Rhea. maybe the spot goes to somebody else i don't know there's like Hey, it's uh, Alexa and Asuka and Bianca and for a little bit, some other people like Aaliyah and Raquel and Shotzi have been a part of that. So you got your people that you can pick from and um, Candice is another one that could be in that. So more than five for that. And for the anti-bloodline crew, Kevin Owens seems like he should be a lock. Drew McIntyre makes a lot of sense. He's feuded with them for a while. But the Brawling Brutes are there, and you know, they got to do Brawling Brutes and two other people. Maybe they're going to go with Matt Riddle. Maybe they're going to go with somebody else. I don't know. But there's a chance that maybe Drew McIntyre is not involved in that. And maybe they do have other plans for like some other supplemental matches at Survivor Series that are not Raw versus SmackDown. Or, I mean, maybe they are even still going to do a Raw versus SmackDown thing. They still haven't said that that's not happening, just that it's not going to be like the focal point and maybe we get like a survivor series tag team elimination thing and the war games things or something. But if you're going to have Drew McIntyre be one of the frontline people going up against the bloodline, if he loses this feud with carrying cross, I think that just kind of makes him a little bit less worthwhile to be on that team. He's still Drew McIntyre. So it's, you know, it is what it is, but Hell, maybe they're not even going to do the bloodline. Maybe it's going to be more of uh, the Judgment Day and such. Because man, come on! 
You never don't know. That. Don't even waste your energy on that. You never know. They've done weird things at Survivor Series in the past. This is the first time we're going to get War Games instead of the Raw and SmackDown stuff for the past five years. That's another matches on the card. The OC against Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley may or may not pop up. And if she does, I think that we're going to get Raquel popping up to kind of balance out the scales. But yeah, Carl Anderson, you got Luke Gallows. Carl Anderson's not going to be wrestling for New Japan instead. And AJ Styles against your guys over from the Judgment Day. Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. And nothing is on the line and nothing matters. So really, you can flip a coin and it's going to change absolutely nothing with this feud. Because they're just going to continue to feud. So the OC wins because. <laughs> I don't think we have a beating up men. Just to shut What was that? Here. You were kind of garbled. I don't think we get Rhea Ripley beating up any guys on this one. Uh, probably not. Just a shot in the dark. But I think that Judgment Day wins just because. Because they don't want to seem to give anything to the OC, even though the OC are kind of over in Saudi because they win things like the gauntlets and the trophies and all that. So maybe they do give it to the OC. Yeah, I think that, well, the traditional pattern, it was broken a little bit in Extreme Rules, but the traditional pattern for the Judgment Day is that they win most of the matches on Raw and then they lose the pay-per-view. So I can see that pattern continuing because they might just want to have the OC, the baby faces get the victory. You doesn't really lose anything because Judgment Day have beaten like Carl Anderson pretty much every single week. On repeat, it feels like since they showed up back on Raw, so they don't they won't lose anything by having it suffering a defeat here. You could, as I either have Raquel Gonzalez or whoever this equalizer is that they've got for Rhea Ripley to show up and take her out of the equation, so that will allow the OC to get the victory. But either way, I'll just go with Babyface's winning. It just makes more sense if you want to elongate this and not just say yeah judge me that just better let's move on you know what? i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you baby faces win it's one of those matches that really just does not matter so <laughs> i mean that's literally the whole card bro for the most part i mean at least when it comes to like the main event there's a title on the line so it's something but here's a match that Callum's most interested in but it ultimately still really doesn't matter which is bobby lashley versus brock lesnar and my glass half full guy doesn't watch anything but the pay-per-view point of view would be oh look at that that's a big name against big name two big guys and that should be kind of fun because they've had their mma backgrounds and such i understand but then the glass half empty guy who actually watches all the shows and analyzes things and has a job about that goes for the third time this year, we're getting these two against each other, and this Second. time, there's even less going on. <laughs> For the second time this year, because they only fought at the Royal Rumble. They won. First of all. And they didn't wrestle at day one. Well, they, they wrestled in a five-way. Yeah. So they, it was, but it, yeah, and Brock Lesnar didn't touch him. He couldn't get him. That was the Or Lashley couldn't get Lesnar. Because one, one way or the other, they didn't have them touch. 
I still feel like you don't have a belt on the line. There's no number one contender spot. There's no gimmick. There's no stipulation. If Lashley wins, they'll probably drag this out and do another thing for the sake of it anyway, just because Lesnar probably is going to get the ultimate win. And if Lesnar wins, then it's probably the end of it. And they were just going, uh, how about those two? I really if Lesnar wins. They're one and if Lesnar wins, they're one and one. So I think that you do get another match somewhere, but I think it'll be fine. This this uh this angle was a really fun angle, and I'm just gonna address this now. If my audio has been shit this entire podcast, <laughs> I apologize. We have been trying to work at it, but yeah. it's just not working. If you've been hearing um, me typing, that's me going, yeah, we're still having this issue. <laughs> yeah, so apologies for that. That aside, um, I think this has been the most fun thing Brock Lesnar's done in a while. I like when Brock Lesnar's just like, yeah, fuck you, I want to fight. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, okay, fuck you, I want to fight too. And they fight. It's, it's, like, it's the opposite of the Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it's, I'd much rather that than the Bray Wyatt stuff at this point. Like, it works for me. Will it be a finisher fest? Sure. Will Saudi Arabia completely eat it up? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar wins. I think they have a rubber match somewhere down the road, and I'm holding out hope for a WrestleMania fight pit, but I won't hold my breath. Yep, so, I mean, this match is the one that I'm most interested in just because the two names involved, and they're both great names, and they're going to have... They're just going to beat the shit out of each other for about 10 minutes, and that'll be great. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit finished as spammy, but these are two guys that will literally throw most most men around like ragdolls colliding in the middle of the ring. And, yeah, we saw it at, uh, at uh, the Royal Rumble, but I think that there was... I don't know. There was something missing on that one. I think just now, because it's just these two, there's no alignments. There's no MVP involved. There's no championship on the line or anything. It's just two guys who fancy a fight with each other and they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. And that is what I watch wrestling for the most part to see. And I think that these two will have a, probably have one of, if not the best match on the card, just for sheer, like, entertainment value of yeah if you like to see like a 300 pound man get suplexed around the ring multiple times then i've got the match for you and i think that lesnar will win because it is saudi arabia and lesnar is a well tantamount to like a god in saudi arabia from a wwe perspective because he wins most of the time and he's a larger than life character but if, I mean, if it was me, and again, maybe they do do a rubber match either at WrestleMania or just somewhere down the road, I think you have Lashley come out top on this feud. Just because you, if you had Lash, let's say you did have Lashley win this match, that's a ready-made challenger for Roman Reigns next. That's Bobby Lashley. Like, you, you're not going to do Brock and Roman again unless you, you know... Unless it's the fact, oh, it's a new new era now. We've got a new company in charge, so we're going to do Brock and Roman right this time instead, like in a new creative regime. But I think you just have you have Lashley win, and then he is ready made to not necessarily be the one to take the title of Roman, but he's as as credible a challenger as you could possibly have at that point. Just for like a Royal Rumble match or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. And realistically, we don't talk about this much, but 
we never really know when Brock will just be done. Like, maybe he puts over Lashley and goes away forever. Who knows? I'm still holding out hope that instead of this stretching out and being another match at the, you know, next uh, pay-per-views and all that going forward, and then, hey, look at that, it's WrestleMania, and we're going to do it again, especially if they end up saying, we're going to do it again, and there's no fight pit or something, because I'll be like, God damn it, stop it. Stop it with the whole, that match, but we're you're seeing it again. It's never going to be a point of view that I'm going to have is like, yay, rematch with nothing else. I am still holding out hope that we're going to get something like Logan Paul against Brock Lesnar instead for Mania, which makes me go. Probably Brock will just win this. And if that is the plan, which there's been no indication, of course, to really go for it's just me thinking important star against important star. That makes a lot of sense. Then I think that Brock probably does end up winning with that. And they just move on and Bobby Lashley just takes a hit for the sake of it. But if by any means the goal is to position Bobby Lashley in a better spot to have like Lashley versus Roman at Royal rumble or to do anything along those lines that you would, you would think would make sense. I mean, Roman and Bobby Lashley is a match that makes a lot of sense. Then I think that he has to win, but I am leaning a little bit more towards the idea that that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to get Lashley reigns until after WrestleMania. So if you've got, you know, war games is coming up and that's going to book up Roman for a while. And there's nothing in December and you don't have day one. Realistically, we're looking at Roman reigns is going to pop up every three to four weeks. Cause he only really ever shows up once every two, three weeks or so. And then the war games matches the thing. There's no title on the line there. The Royal rumble. He'll probably defend the belt. And I think it might be against Sami Zayn. Having Sami Zayn for Chamber in Montreal. Could be Chamber. Oh, yeah, it's in Montreal. That's true. Yeah, maybe they do that. But you could get away with having the Elimination Chamber where Roman's up against multiple people there. And it could be Sami Zayn at Royal Rumble. And then it's, uh, you know, Sami Zayn is in the Elimination Chamber with Roman and with whoever four other people, probably Drew McIntyre, maybe somebody like Karrion Cross, and et cetera, et cetera. But that's kind of where I'm thinking now. And I'm like, okay, Brock probably comes back to win a match. And that's probably in his contract a little bit. Like, well, I'm not going to come back just to lose for the sake of it. What the fuck? You know? So I'm going Brock Lesnar winning this match. And knock on wood, they've got a better idea when it comes to Mania instead of just these two again. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Brock to get the victory as well. Even even if though I would prefer it to be Lashley and you start building him up immediately for Roman for a match cheaper at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. I think that the the likelihood is Brock gets the win here, and then you've got a reason to do another match between these two down the road. I'm going Brock as well because I think there will be a rubber match. All right, and I already said basically what I think is going to happen when it comes to this, but the main event is the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and his challenger, Logan Paul. I cannot, under any circumstances, see Logan Paul winning this belt, especially to derail this big push that Roman Reigns is on. I think the match will be kind of fun, actually, and 
it's not going to be great, but it'll be probably a fun segment. And it ends with Roman Reigns retaining. I don't like that this entire match is leading up to one punch. They're going to, it's just leading up to a spot where Logan Paul actually gets like a solid right in on Roman, stays down for the 2.9 count, and then Roman probably gets up and smashes him. It'll be fine. But God, do I wish we were doing anything else? <laughs> no, I'm not serious. Roman Reigns finally turns heel dur- during the thick of the pandemic. And even though he's had good matches along the way, all anyone's going to remember about the last two years, probably two and a half, you know, getting up to WrestleMania with. Hopefully The Rock, because by the way, even though we're all assuming, that's not set in stone yet. So all anyone's going to remember is, haha, wasn't Sami Zayn great during that time? And yes, the segments are good, but I, I still feel like it's at the detriment of not having a champion on half of the programming. And I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, oh, fuck, if you have him beat Rock... Who beats him? And then if you don't have him beat Rock, oh my god, you're telling me the only person capable of doing anything is The Rock? Where do we go from there? So I'm not super enthusiastic going into this. So Roman at this point has become the most interesting that he's been for a while for me. And it's all thanks to Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gotten to the point where... I, I, I mean, obviously you don't do this because you want to make money. But if it was just a pure creative endeavor, my recommendation would be, yeah, scrap any plans you have with The Rock. Sami Zayn is beating Roman for the title of WrestleMania. <laughs> that, that is the story. That is the inbuilt story. that You finally have a challenger that can't match Roman physically, but in terms of just crowd support and getting people invested, Sami Zayn as has been the case for ever since he joined NXT all those years ago, is the perfect underdog babyface to take down Roman Reigns. So that is, that's the story. If you want to have Rock, like him beat the Rock at WrestleMania, that's totally fine. And then have Sami Zayn win it like the following month, then well, by all means, but he's the guy, he's the guy to beat Roman for the title. Uh, this Logan Paul definitely isn't. And despite the fact that <laughs> I have conceded and will continue to concede the fact that, Ro- that Logan Paul is kind of ready-made to be a WWE superstar. Like, he has everything that he needs, really, to be a... Like, he's already got an inbuilt following. He's very capable in the ring. He's got good mannerisms. He's a heel, but, you know, he'll make it work. <laughs> Realistically, this is a good crowd to put him in front of because they don't know... They probably don't know who he is or don't know as well who he is. And so we'll just treat him as the baby face or they'll just treat Roman as the baby face and they'll just have fun with it. Because, but the whole story, as Rob said, is it's revolving around at one point, Logan Paul is going to punch Roman Reigns and get a two count off of it. Mm. And that's kind of, yeah, it's fine. Like the whole story is built around the fact that Roman isn't taking Logan Paul seriously because he's had two matches. And realistically, he shouldn't take Logan Paul seriously because he's had two matches. But they're going to feed that into the fact that he's going to get one lucky lucky shot in on Roman and that will, you know, 
that will throw him off a little bit. And so Roman will have to just pick it back up, Superman punch him and spear him. And this will probably all be wrapped up in about seven or eight minutes and be one of the easiest paydays Roman Reigns has ever got. Mm, for that matter. Oh, yeah, for Logan Paul, definitely as well, I'm sure. Uh, Logan's had to work harder for paydays than this before. So, but yeah, it's 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 a name at the very least. It's a name taking on Roman Reigns. It's not a name that's in any way credible from a wrestling standpoint, but in terms of just actual following and, you know, if that's what you want, then that's what you get in this match. So stay tuned for, I mean, realistically, stay tuned for WrestleMania when you have both Paul brothers probably winning the tag team titles. I'm still hoping it's uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but I would not going to win the world titles. Well, I mean, if he were booking that way, then yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about that real quick, because I was thinking myself, as I was saying, that I realized, you know, this entire Roman run, peak Roman, is going to be remembered for these Sami Zayn segments were iconic. And if this was another time, and if, quite frankly, if there was another belt, I would have Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns because we've seen the Yes movement. We've seen Kofi Mania. You can do this. Can you have him be the one and only champion in WWE? Probably not. And I think that's the one thing holding them back. But I do think that there is a world where they could just go, hey, fuck it. Let's go with Sammy. I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it. Sammy Zane's great. But I I don't think it's gonna end up happening. <laughs> and uh no, I think not, but we can drain. Yeah, I think at the very least we are all going Roman Reigns retains here. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the crown jewel is just yeah, he's just gonna walk in, punch his punch his ticket and walk out pretty much. The only way I could see Logan Paul winning is if they were desperate to be like, Yes see? We're we're doing title changes for the sake of title changes and that's not necessarily what you want in your company but that's that Hmm. so of course we will figure out a lot of this stuff when the time comes and we get to this on uh, you know a couple days when we get into Saturday afternoon I'm forgetting exactly when it starts I think it's 11 but yeah, we'll be doing our live coverage on smartcatmama.com. We'll be having the post show immediately afterwards, so make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and you have those email alerts set up and everything like that. That way you get the uh, message that we are up on there. Then you can tune in and listen to our immediate thoughts afterward if we're like, oh my God, this is terrible, or oh, this is great, or whatever it might be. Maybe it's another one of those uh, <laughs> instances where it was like, oh my God, Crown Jewel sucked. I highly doubt it, but... Um, it is what it is. So over the next few days, if there are any updates, we will address them on the hot tags on Friday. And there will be updates on smartcomoment.com. I'll have all my stuff on EWN and BR up there. So follow them. Make sure that you are going to smartcomoment.com and checking out all the Facebook, Twitter, and such and such at smartcomoment. Go to fanboysanonymous.com and check out whatever is happening over there. And go to amangotree.com and see a collection of links, all including those and unrelated things and my personal accounts and such. 
very handy dandy little list that's going on there. And you can find me at Tony Mango all over the place. Verified for now until this Twitter thing ends up going, hey, you know, Tony was not allowed to have that for too long. And I ain't paying fucking eight or twenty dollars a month to keep that blue check mark. The hell with that. <laughs> I got it already. That means I I count. So, you know, that's what uh, means more to me than anything else. So uh yeah, you know, stay tuned for all that and make sure that you, if you are going on a following spree and liking all these things and stuff that you help out with these guys are doing and check out what they've got on social media and stuff and check out all their links and all that. Rob? Yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. There is a link tree that we made during the hot tags on Thursday night. That was a fun experience. Again, I want to apologize for any audio issues if you heard those. Um... You can find all my work on Fightful. You can find all my work on WrestleZone. And you can find me contributing to the Triple Threat every week on SmartCat Moment. And you can also find Callum Wiggins on SmartCat Moment as well. Yep, so over on SmartCat Moment, you can check out the Power Rankings every single week on Saturday, typically, where I rank every single, well, rank the top 10 members of the WWE roster according to their recent win-loss records, any kayfabe aspect of it. It's purely kayfabe on that standpoint. So imagine uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka to shoot up with their tag team title win and then potentially lose it next week when they drop the titles at Crown Jewel, but we'll see <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, and that also, their title wins will also have had an impact on the Fantasy League where we're also tracking the points scored for every single superstar that we drafted and seeing who ends up on top at the end of the year at the moment yeah say tony's picking up and of course that these uh predictions will contribute to that as well because whoever gets the prediction contest correct will get to influence the or enhance the performance of their own team or uh, do something to the detriment of one of their opponent's teams so see how that goes you can follow me on twitter at weekblast 14 and that's it for me that's it for all of us in this edition of the smart moments mac talk podcast but we do have the hot tags coming up this week and potentially the fantasy card for the stuff that we did with the mock draft i'm still not entirely sure if slash when we are recording that and if slash when that'll be on the regular channel or posted just on the dark cast so that's why I always say stay tuned and you will get more information about that when I can tell you. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one and we will see you with whatever it is that is coming up next. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. This has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out. <laughs>